Chapter 2 Cassiumayan Mythology As we embark on this epic pursuit that seeks to unearth the very roots that form the substratum of Istopian society and the constitution to which this book is dedicated, we must alight upon the beginning. Not the beginning of the historical events, but one that is steeply immersed in metaphor. Upon arrival at the island, the Cassiomayans were far from tabulae Rusei, that is to say, an empty scroll, bereft of cultural substance. On the contrary, with them, they brought a plethora of songs, stories, and beliefs. They brought with them culture. And while modern Iostopian culture may, at first glance, differ from Cassiomayan culture in many ways, it owes its roots to the earliest inhabitants. Hence, if we wish to understand the deeper layers of Iostopian values, the very same values that gave rise to the maxims of which our society now rests, we must understand the underlying belief system that not only shaped the morals of the first people on the island, but also caused them to venture out into the world and find the island in the first place. As the saying goes, to understand a thing is to understand its past. Therefore, we shall dedicate these next few chapters to Cassiumayan mythology, as it is the unshakable bedrock of all Iostopian culture. As such, we will begin with the Cassiumayan myth of creation and the story of the first gods, demigods, and human beings. Chapter 2, Part 2, The Cassiumayan Creation Myth The Cassiumayan creation myth, as recounted in the ancient songs, is a tale of epic proportions. It is a story that begins in the heart of all things, in the realm of the divine, and ends on the fertile soil of the earth. It is a tale of love and jealousy, of war and peace. It is a story that has been passed down through generations, shaping the beliefs and values of past and present societies. The tale begins with Balazar, the original being, the essence of all potential. From the depths of divine imagination, he birthed the universe, a realm of chaos, wild and empty. Stricken by the coldness of his creation, Balazar wept, and from his tears, the eternal stars were born, divine spirits tasked with maintaining balance and harmony in the cosmos. From his own brightly shining left eye, Balazar created Arca, the sun, the first god. His leftover tear canal gave birth to Lumis, the moon, and sister of Arca. Later, inspired to beautify his realm, Balazar created Zenzura, the goddess of earth, fertility, and wisdom. Over the course of time, Balazar populated his realm with many more divine beings, including demigods such as Zovarwe, the goddess of love, and Kovakar, the god of war. Peace was not to last. Arca cast his bright rays solely on the beautiful Zenzura, leaving Lumis the moon in the dark, inciting jealousy. Lumis, resenting Zenzura's sway over Arca, convinced some demigods that Zenzura had bewitched Arca. Thus began the War of the Gods, a conflict that lasted for thousands of years and caused widespread destruction. In his despair, Balizar, unable to directly interfere or choose sides, pleaded with the stars to create a god that could soothe Lumis's hatred and pacify her envy, a god that cannot be swayed and does not choose a side but his own, a god as unyielding as the stars themselves. The stars agreed and created Naharahi, 
the god of death, transformation, and rebirth, an outsider yet highly respected amongst the gods. However, as the only god not created by Balazar himself, he was flawed by nature. Upon seeing Naharahi, Loomis fell in love, and her jealousy dissipated, ending the celestial war. Arca promised to share his light with both Zenzura and Loomis, thus creating day and night. In the aftermath of the war, a peace ceremony was held where all the gods, demigods, and the stars made peace offerings during a holy ritual, symbolizing their pledge to never again wage war. Arca, the sun, offered his golden scale, a symbol of law, order, and intelligence. Zenzura contributed her fertile soil, which would become the flesh and bones of humans. Loomis bestowed her silver mirror of ethereal glow, symbolizing the gift of dreams. Ihanta and Verinto, twin gods of the hunt and harvest, performed an act of immense sacrifice. Ihanta offered his left hand, and Varinto gave her right hand, granting humans dexterity and skill for hunting and farming. It is said that right-handed people are blessed by Varinto and left-handed people by Ihanta, and these twin gods are known for their great love of humanity. Kohonara, the demigod of seas, gifted a goblet of his finest divine ocean water wine, which became the blood of humans, imbuing them with a spirit of adventure and curiosity. Zovarawai, the demigoddess of love, bestowed a ruby, which transformed into the human heart, capable of profound love and deep emotions. Kovokar, the demigod of war, presented a shard from his toughest shield, turning into human courage, valor, and, occasionally, their inclination for conflict. Tolavochi, the demigod of craftsmen, donated a hammer which melded into human creativity, innovation, and the ability to build and invent. The stars, overseers of the cosmos, granted a pair of cosmic jewels, which Balazar divided into two distinct essences, one for man and the other for woman, granting humans the ability to birth new generations so that there will always be someone to look upon the star's eternal glow. During the forging of the gifts, these cosmic jewels shattered into billions of tiny pieces, each representing a star in the sky, becoming the eyes of humans, drawing them to seek answers among the stars. Naharahi, fearing his natural flaws might corrupt the creation, agreed with the gods that he should not offer a gift. As all the gifts were gathered, Balazar breathed onto all the gifts, forging them together with a divine spark, a soul, and thus the first humans were created. Humanity thrived, building prosperous societies and tending to the earth as its gardeners. Peace and plenty prevailed. Over time, however, as humans flourished, they began to drift from their divine roots. The seed of discord, a potential born from Kovokar's gift of courage, stirred in them. The deep emotions from the heart of Zorvawi brought passion to all their actions, good as well as bad. The gift of creativity and craftsmanship from Tolavochi gave rise to stories of human superiority and the skills to build large monuments trying to reach the heavens. The twin gods, who sacrificed their hands for the humans, saw how their gifts were used for acts of gluttony. The wine of Kohonara, the god of the ocean, 
made their blood boil, so that the spirit of adventure and curiosity led to recklessness and a lack of caution. With this, the humans became overconfident, beginning to ignore the gods' teachings and demand more for themselves. Observing these events from the celestial realm filled Balazar with profound sadness. Thus, he decided to intervene. Instead of direct intervention, he chose a subtler path, hinting at his discontent through the elements each god represented. Sunsets and sunrises, governed by Arca, began to lose their vibrant colors. The soil, under Zanzur's domain, became less fertile. Dreams, a gift from Loomis, became restless and vague, and sometime replaced by nightmares. These disturbances in nature served as divine messages of the gods' displeasure, urging the humans to return to their sacred pact. Despite the clear warnings in the form of disrupted natural events, humans turned a blind eye. Their pride swelled to the point where they considered themselves equal to the gods. Instead of honoring the divine gifts that had shaped them, they arrogantly believed that they could command the elements and control destiny, as the gods did. Balazar pondered long and hard on this, and eventually realized, in his infinite wisdom, that perfection itself lacks balance and harmony, that nothing flawless can cause a balanced scale. Thus he decided to call upon Naharahi, the god of death, transformation, and rebirth, to offer the missing piece, the gift not given. Naharahi, though hesitant, for he feared that his gift would corrupt the humans, trusted in Balazar and decided to gift a single black feather from his raven cloak. With Naharahi's feather woven into the mold of human essence, humans became mortal, underscoring the ephemeral nature of human existence, with all its flaws and glory. The sudden onset of mortality was a heavy burden to bear for the humans, who realized that the punishment of death was a consequence of their greed and hubris. Yet, it also brought with it a sense of their place in the world, as humans now understood the transient nature of life and the ultimate end that awaited them. This understanding, though painful, instilled a newfound humility in their hearts. Mortality, thus, restored balance, and humans understood that they were creations of the gods, not their equals. And so, the Cassiomayan creation myth concludes a tale of divine imagination, celestial conflict, and the birth of humanity. It is a story that brings together elements of jealousy, conflict, reconciliation, love, and peace. It is the story of the creation and fall of humans and the necessity of suffering. It is a tale that reminds us of the delicate balance of the universe, the divine origins of humanity, and the eternal struggle between hubris and humility. In later chapters, we will discuss how Cassiomayan mythology is reflected in the collective maxims of Eustopia. For now, however, I shall introduce but a solitary tenet. The first maxim, the cornerstone, that reminds us of the importance of all other maxims and why we must follow them. The quintessence of this primal edict infuses its profound wisdom downwards, bestowing upon the subsequent maxims an irrefutable prominence. Memento Mori. Remember that you will die. Authors Note 3. The Kasumayan creation myth is a richly layered narrative, steeped in lore and implications, 
wherein an attempt to explicate its veracity is akin to chasing elusive shadows, once so vividly etched in the annals of faith. To bridge the gap between epics and provide an authentic experience to the discerning reader, I have undertaken the task of translating one of the oldest iterations of the myth into the lexicon of the modern age. The treacherous currents of translation have, inevitably, claimed many subtleties that danced within the original verses. Despite this loss, I say with the utmost sincerity that a diligent effort has been made to echo the authenticity of the original melody. The following songs are translated from the Valashamba, the first story, written by Ianaris himself. Song 1 the Song of Balazar's Creation Upon the distant past, when time itself was cast, did Balazar, the primal, shape a universe of vast. His thoughts alone did spawn the cosmic light of dawn, and thus was born the ether where the starry skies were drawn. In cold expanse and chaos, his heart then shivered so, and thus his tears did flow, and stars began to glow. Many spirits there abided, ordained to keep the peace. In silence pure they watched upon the epic masterpiece. From Balazar's left eye, as bright as molten gold, Arca the sun emerged, his glory to behold. A god of law and order, and intelligence we sing, O Arca, first of gods, the wise celestial king. From teardrops left behind, his sister Lumis came. The moon, her silver mystique's grace, lent purpose to her name. With innocence and wonder as her eternal gift serene, all and one she kissed through dreams of the unseen. Inspired by his godly realm, High Balazar did birth, Zenzura, fertile beauty, goddess of the graceful earth, a mother's nurture woven into her naked chest, from seeds to soaring eagles, a place for life to rest. At last, infused in his creation, a pulse of the divine, demigods were forged with each their own design, to each a rule, a burden, and realms to their command, guiding life and matter with a firm yet gentle hand. Song 2, The Song of War and Peace To Zenzura's grace did Arca cast his gaze. His radiance fell upon her in a golden blaze. Lumis in her silvery sheen felt darkness encroach. To her brother's affection she could but only reproach. Lumis' heart now aching swayed the demigod's belief, declared that Zenzura had caused the sun god's grief. Divided in their loyalties, the celestial court did part. The war of the gods ensued, a schism at its start. Through ages yet untold, gods fought, so long and fierce. Heavens trembled, celestial spheres shed tears, as conflicts pierced. Yet Balazar, the primal, viewed from his lofty height, his boundless might constrained, could not set wrong to right. With eyes of sorrow, he beheld the realm enshrouded in the cloud. While discord reigned, his spirit pained beneath the turmoil's shroud. 
a remedy for peace he wove, midst strife's relentless turn, called forth the elder stars, their favor he would to earn, to craft a deity, a god, both neutral and strong, who stands unswayed through any word that influence his song, a figure firm and resolute neath heaven's watchful stare, devised to soften Loomis's wrath and soothe her heated snare. The stars, in reverent harmony, formed a harahi from their light, death's monarch, rebirth's champ, untouched by wars in sight. With foreign birth, Naharai stood, a god unlike the rest, born of stars and not of Balazar, flawed yet truly blessed. Steadfast he stood amidst the storm, unbending in the breeze. His essence, seen by Loomis, brought the winds of war to ease. A marvel in the eyes of moon, she found in him her peace. Thus her jealousy subsided, and the wars of gods did cease. Loomis thus beheld him, his beauty grand and will unmatched. Within her bloomed a love profound, and thus her heart was patched. Her jealousy, once fierce as fang, now gentle as the dew of dawn. And so, with love's ascendance, fighting ended and peace was drawn. The dawn broke forth, as Arca spoke, his voice as warm as day. With both of you, sister, wife, I'll share my beaming ray. Thus it came to be, at last, that Arca shared his light, and from his vow, a cycle born, we call it day and night. Song 3. The Song of the Ceremony. A ceremony of peace and truce, where gods and stars unite, each brought with them an offering to seal their sacred rite. Arca, the sun god, the king of all, offered a scale of gold, a symbol of order and intelligence and of the law of old. Zenzura, earth's nurturer, gave her fertile soil, from which sprung forth the form of man, the fruit of holy toil. Loomis, the silver-eyed queen of night, bestowed her mirror's glow, a gift of dreams, a realm of mist, where mortal souls may go. Hanta and Varinto, twin gods of hunt and wheat, their offering, a sacrifice, a hand from each, a sit complete. Kohonara, god of seas, a goblet of his finest wine, in human veins it boiled, became adventure spirit of divine. Zowarwe, the goddess of love, presented a ruby red, which in human hearts became emotions, widely spread. Kovokar, god of war, shared from his shield a shard. Into courage it transformed, and thus the chest of man was hard. Talavochi, craftsman supreme, offered up his hammer. It became the spark of innovation and clamor. The stars, a pair of jewels gave to create both man and wife, so they in unison could give a shape to newborn life. For each child born, a promise sworn to keep the heirs of man aflow, so that there would always be spectators to stars almighty show. And as these jewels shattered a billion specks of light, each became a pair of eyes to guide the humans through the night. Naharahi, starborn and his own, beheld the sacred rite, feared his flaws would mar the gift, held back with all his might. No gift he gave, and all agreed in this holy congregation. 
yet his part in human lore was yet to see a culmination. With every gift in place, Balazar the Great exhaled, and with his breath ignited, a soul was forged, unveiled. Let no deity wage war again, as long as humans roam. With this decree it came to be, that earth be human's home. Song 4 The Song of the Last Gift Mankind thrived, their land a boundless haven. Peace and plenty ruled, until hearts became misshapen. As eons slipped away, godly bonds didst recede. In their hearts, a whisper of vanity took heed. Gifts divine, that once were cherished, twisted in their grasp. Courage turned to arrogance, love's touch began to rasp. Craftsmanship, once sacred, fueled tales of human might, and the skillful hands of twins, gave in to gluttonous delight. The blood of oceans, a spirit of curiosity, brewed in their veins an adventurous heart, now reckless, ignored caution's chains. Their eyes turned from the heavens, their hearts filled with disdain. Their lust for more began to rise, their humility vain. Observing from celestial heights, the heart of Balazar did ache. In his wisdom, through the world, a statement he would make. Sunsets lost their color, the spoils of soil did wane. Dreams turned vague, and nightmares came, a symbol of their strain. Despite these warnings, the humans turned away. In their hearts, a false belief, they too were gods to stay. But Balazar with sadness knew what he had to do. He called upon the steadfast God, his gift he must imbue. I see it now, as clear as day. Perfection lacks a balanced sway, excess in good leads scales askew, a counterbalance we must pay. Thus Balazar the Great explained his woeful revelation to the starborn god of death and transformation. Hesitant, Nahai took a feather from his raven cloak, woven into human fate, their immortality now broke. The mortal coils reality, a heavy burden they now bore, with godly pretense shattered, they were gods no more. The dawn of death restored, the balance of the stage, by human's finite sentence, written on their mortal page. And thus through bonds of pain and time, humans came to see that in their fleeting nature, their divinity would never be.